Section 145 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 176. London, September 19, 1752. My dear friend, Since you have been at Hanover, your correspondence has been both unfrequent and laconic. You made one indeed one great effort in folio on the 18th, with a postscript of the 22nd August new style, and since that, vous avez rate un quarto. On the 31st August new style, you give me no informations of what I want chiefly to know, which is what Dr. Hugo, whom I charged you to consult, said of your asthmatic complaint, and what he prescribed you to prevent the returns of it, and also what is the company that you keep there, who has been kind and civil to you, and who not. You say that you go constantly to the parade, and you do very well, for though you are not of that trade, yet military matters make so great a part both of conversation and negotiation, that it is very proper not to be ignorant of them. I hope you mind more than the mere exercise of the troops you see, and that you inform yourself at the same time of the more material details, such as their pay, and the difference of it when in and out of quarters, what is furnished them by the country when in quarters, and what is allowed them of ammunition, bread, etc., when in the field, the number of men and officers in the several troops and companies, together with the non-commissioned officers, as caporals, fray caporals, ans passades, sergeants, quartermasters, etc., the clothing, how frequent, how good, and how furnished, whether by the colonel, as here in England, from what we call the off-reckonings, that is, deductions from the men's pay, or by commissaries appointed by the government for that purpose, as in France and Holland. By these inquiries you will be able to talk military with military men, who in every country in Europe, except England, make at least half of all the best companies. Your attending the parades has also another good effect, which is that it brings you, of course, acquainted with the officers, who, when of a certain rank and service, are generally very polite, well-bred people, et de bon ton. They have commonly seen a great deal of the world and of its courts, and nothing else can form a gentleman, let people say what they will of sense and learning, with both which a man may contrive to be a very disagreeable companion. I dare say there are very few captains of foot, who are not much better company than ever Descartes or Sir Isaac Newton were. I honor and respect such superior geniuses, but I desire to converse with people of this world, who bring into company their share, at least, of cheerfulness, good breeding, and knowledge of mankind. In common life one much oftener wants small money and silver than gold. Give me a man who has ready cash about him for present expenses, sixpences, shillings, half-crowns, and crowns, which circulate easily. But a man who has only an ingot of gold about him is much above common purposes, and his riches are not handy nor convenient. Have as much gold as you please in one pocket, but take care always to keep change in the other, for you will much oftener have occasion for a shilling than for a guinea. In this the French must be allowed to excel all people in the world. They have un certain entregent, un enjouement, un amiable legerat dans la conversation, un politice assez et naturel, qui paro ne leur rien coûteux which gives society all its charms. I am sorry to add, but it is too true, that the English and the Dutch are the farthest from this, of all the people in the world. I do by no means except even the Swiss. 
Though you do not think proper to inform me, I know from other hands that you were to go to Gore with Comte Schellenberg, for eight or ten days only, to see the reviews. I also know that you had a blister upon your arm, which did you a great deal of good. I know, too, you have contracted a great friendship with Lord Essex, and that you two were inseparable at Hanover. All these things I would rather have known from you than from others, and they are the sorts of things that I am the most desirous of knowing, as they are more immediately relative to yourself. I am very sorry for the Duchess of Newcastle's illness, full as much upon your as upon her account, as it has hindered you from being so much known to the Duke, as I could have wished, use and habit going a great way with him, as indeed they do with most people. I have known many people patronized, pushed up, and preferred by those who could have given no other reason for it than that they were used to them. We must never seek for motives by deep reasoning, but we must find them out by careful observation and attention, no matter what they should be, but the point is what they are. Trace them up, step by step, from the character of the person. I have known de parlement, as Brantome says, great effects from causes too little ever to have been suspected. Some things must be known and can never be guessed. God knows where this letter will find you, or follow you. Not at Hanover, I suppose, but wherever it does, may it find you in health and pleasure. Adieu. End of section 145. Read by Professor Heather and by. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.